Welcome to the Heart of the Athlete. This is Reggie Etheridge welcoming you to the radio program for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, featuring what God is doing in the hearts and lives of coaches and athletes in Idaho. Now, here are your hosts. Well, hello, folks, and welcome to the Heart of the Athlete, the local FCA radio show here in Southern Idaho. I'm Ken Lewis. I'm the director for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And with us today is a special guest all the way from Eagle, Idaho, Kevin Tomasini. Kevin, welcome to Heart of the Athlete today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Ken. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, Kevin, uh, it's, been, it's been fun to uh, get to know you over the years. And I was, trying to, I was thinking about this this morning. I was thinking, man, how many, when did we first meet? Was, when did you first get involved there with FCA, at, you and your wife, at Eagle Middle School? Gosh, I, th- I think it was 20, 2015, 2016-ish in there. Uh, I think I ran into you. I, I'd met one of the coaches there, uh, Dirk, who's done a great job, Wagman. And uh, we started talking, and we got connected, and I got connected to the school and got connected to you. And, you know, it's, since then it's been, uh, been cool getting to know you more and uh, getting more involved in the school. So. And that was when your oldest son, Derek, who's at the University of Idaho, as a linebacker on the football team as a freshman, was, was he an eighth grader that year or was he seventh grade? You remember? You know, when we first got here, he got in seventh grade. And uh, I think eighth grade was the year we kind of got it going and, and had another son who was in seventh grade. So it was fun to kind of use their network to pull some kids in. We had a great turnout right away, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, that was exciting. I know you and your wife, Rena, you guys, I, I, you guys are bringing cupcakes and all kinds of great goodies for the, for the kids. And then you guys would, you guys would help do a huddle for the sixth grade, the seventh grade and the eighth graders. Cause I know they all have separate lunches. Is that, is that right? That's right. And uh, we couldn't have done it without some amazing teachers and, uh, and principals there at Eagle middle. And uh, yeah, so they split their lunches and, you know, we kind of figured out what worked. And my wife did a wonderful job of bringing in food every, every day. What kids don't love food? What, what adult doesn't love food? And uh, it, it was fun. And like I said, the teachers just helped drive it, which was awesome. Yeah, you're right. We, had some, we, had, we, we still do. We've got some great uh, FCA uh, huddle coaches that host the huddle there. And, uh, yes. and, uh, but I just want to tell you and your wife, Rena, I mean, we just so appreciate you guys. Just, you guys are superstar FCA <laughs> volunteers, man. And just how you guys have just poured into that community with FCA at, at the middle school and, and with the high school too. So thank you for doing that. Yeah, man. It's our, it's our pleasure. Thanks, Ken. Well, folks, um, for, for those of you who don't know Kevin, Kevin, you, uh, I know you grew up in Oregon, um, went to uh, Douglas High School in Southern Oregon area. Is that, is that in Medford or Central Point? Where, where, is, that, where is Douglas High? At? Yeah, Douglas is right outside of Roseburg. It's about an hour south of Eugene. And uh, you know, we have some famous alumni out of there, Josh Bidwell, who punted at Oregon and Green Bay and Tampa Bay. He's, I, I believe he's a chaplain now at University of Oregon. He basically grew up at our house. Wow, and my, my parents did a great job of just uh, mentoring him and discipling him along, and then uh, Troy Palomalu followed. So, um, along with six of my siblings, there were seven of us, and uh, <laughs> five. Let's see, you no, know, six of us. No, five of us played in the Pac-12. One of us, one of my my brother pitched at Western, and my sister went to Oregon. So it's it's a pretty athletic family, 
in a really cool community in a school that only had about 450 kids at it. So had some great teachers and coaches there that did a great job with the kids. Wow. And then you got an opportunity then to go to the University of Notre Dame and play baseball. Tell us a little bit about that. And then I know that from that, there was a transition from, from baseball back to football. Tell us about that, that Notre Dame to the Arizona State, uh, that journey. Yeah, so I had a coach, once again, made a phone call, got me into area code games in high school and got discovered an opportunity to go to Notre Dame, which was super cool. You know, I was a student and an athlete, actually, <laughs> for my dad who, who, do, who demanded that. And so allowed me to go to a good school, which I wanted to do, and uh, ended up back there. I mean, boy, I always respected the university, but when I got back there, I really respected it. There's no kid that goes through that university that is not buttoned up academically. There's no free passes. But got a chance to go back there and be a part of that, be a part of a top 25 baseball program. Had some coaching changes um, and um, had the opportunity to move back west. I've always loved the Pac-12. Um, I wanted to play football again. I missed it. I, I inquired at Notre Dame, had an opportunity to do it there. But, you know, baseball and football there, because of the seasons, it's, it's harder to do it in the north at that time because of the rules. And, um, you know, had the opportunity to go to Arizona State and um, didn't know a lot about the school. My one of my coaches actually landed there, and um, it was a great move. So that's great. So, what position were you then? Or what position at, at Notre Dame were you playing baseball? And then, and then, what did you what did you play in football there at ASU? So you know, I, I got recruited to play the outfield, and ended up playing kind of some corners and out in the outfield. Went to ASU, went back out to the outfield, but really I played a lot of different spots all through college. I was kind of a utility guy where I played the corners. Third and first, I caught a little bit and ended up in right field. And then as a football player, I went there as a linebacker. My first season, I was a linebacker, played a bunch of special teams, and then uh, ended up on the offensive side of the ball as a fullback. So I really got to do a lot of different things. I got to know a lot of my teammates. You know, you get to college and the offense kind of stays with the offense and the defense with the defense. But, um, I mean, I couldn't have scripted it like that. It just worked out that way, which was super cool. So, wow, pretty awesome experience. So, you, uh, you were quite – you really were utility in terms of being able to for, – for coaches to plug you into different spots. And, uh, uh, and then you got to play in the, the Rose Bowl in 87. And uh, – or, excuse me, 97. Who did Don't you make pick? me that old, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is more of my age. So, who did you guys play in the – who did uh, the uh, Arizona State play in the, in the Rose Bowl in 97? We, we played Ohio State. We were ranked, I think, second, third or second. And that was the year where there was a couple undefeated teams in college football, and we were one of them. And uh, both undefeated teams lost. And if we would have won, we'd have been national champions. Um, you know, that team had Pat Tillman and Jake Plummer, Derek Smith. We had – Gosh, we had 15 guys, I think, playing the NFL. Hmm. Um, you know, some really famous names. Ohio State was loaded. Uh, we had All-American Derek Rogers. We, we just some fantastic stories. Um, Isaiah Mustafa, who was the, uh, the old Spice guy on the commercials now, he was on that team. Um, I always tell people I had the opportunity to play with some amazing athletes, and I was just an average guy that got to be a part of it all. So it was pretty cool to, to kind of experience both the baseball side. We got to play in a regional 
um, at Miami against a bunch of major league Pat Burrell and Aubrey Huff and a bunch of, you know, major league baseball players. And to be a part of all that and see all those different people along the way was really incredible experience. It almost feels like a different life, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> it was super cool. So I, I couldn't have scripted it any better. And I certainly didn't script it. It just happened. So God willing it happened, you know. And then you got, uh, you also, in that time period at ASU, you got picked up by, um, in, the, in the major league draft by the Giants, the San Francisco, San Francisco Giants in 96. Um, so were you playing then in the summers, playing uh, minor league ball with the Giants then? Yeah, so, so I got drafted in 96, had a really great season. And then I decided to go back and play football in 97. Um, and, and I was a redshirt sophomore, so I had a chance to get drafted again as a, as a junior with another year of eligibility and really was projected to get drafted pretty high and went back, played that season. And the next baseball season, I didn't play a lot after being kind of a projected guy for whatever reason. And um, I ended up playing another football season and signing as a free agent after I was drafted uh, the previous year. And so I actually played those seasons in football, uh, signed as a free agent in 98. I went right, right to spring training, but um, you know, it, it's a, a reoccurring theme in my life was, you know, you know, I, I, I kind of planned my ways, but God directed my paths. And uh, you know, it's Proverbs 16, nine, where it, you know, we, we all have plans. We all think we know where we're going and God, you know, decided to do it his way. And, and thankfully that's what happened. And uh, you know, so I, I got a great experience as a college football player. I thought I was going to be this, really big draft pick and it didn't happen, but I still got an opportunity to play major or minor league baseball, never played in the major leagues and really got a legitimate shot, which was pretty cool. So, um, you know, it was a non-traditional way to do it, but it was a super cool experience. Wow. That sounds, uh, what an amazing time, like you said, to play with those players that you played with. And well, Kevin, I want to go back a little bit, and it's fun to hear about, you know, where God led you and, and allowed you to be in, in sports and in college and in pro baseball. But when was it that, you know, what was it that when you turned your life over to Christ? Tell us a little bit about that and, uh, and, and how that all happened. Yeah, you know, I grew up in a Christian home, had amazing parents. Um, and my dad got radically saved, almost like Apostle Paul, where he just – he was a college athlete, played football at Oregon, was, was not a Christian, got radically saved, changed him and my mom's life. And he raised us in, in a Christian home, and he lived it, and he was, he was very vocal and outspoken. And uh, so as a kid, I grew up in a Christian home, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean like a lot of kids in today's world, that doesn't necessarily mean they grew up to be Christians. And I was one of those kids, very scientifically minded and wanted things to make sense, and it really came down to, you know, I was a kid that asked Jesus into my heart, you know, 150 times. And I just realized I needed to trust that what he said was true. And, and as, as I've gotten older, we have a very scientific faith. And uh, science continues to prove that, you know, that God's word is legit and what he says is true. And even studying exercise physiology and biochemistry in, in college, like, it just validated God's touch on our human body, how muscles work and how our body interacts. And so it just validated my faith. And so as a kid, I, I, the 150th time I just believed. And, um, and that, that's really, it's not a radical uh, transformation. And um, as, a, you know, as a kid going through high school and being an athlete, multi-sport athlete, 
and having some success, I was very fortunate to have a head football coach, a guy named Rick Taylor, who was an FCA leader at the school. And he got involved. And, and even my, my wife, who's my high school sweetheart, she was involved. And we just had some great people in our lives that really showed us what being a Christian was and adamantly invested in us. And so not only have my family do that, but then having a coach do that um, really impacted my life. And uh, we, we all need people in our lives to encourage us along the way, especially when you start having success. Sometimes the hardest thing for an athlete is not when they fail, it's when they have success. How do they handle that? How do they handle that spiritually, especially when the world maybe tells you you're great? Um, you know, some people don't handle that that well. I think humans in general don't handle it that well. But I was fortunate to have some really great leadership there. And then when I got to college, a guy named Chris Stoll and his wife, um, Brenna, and then another guy, Mike Sanfratello, who's still very involved in FCA, were huge mentors for me. And we had a huge huddle at ASU. It was awesome. And we bring in professional athletes to speak, and they talked about being lost and how they got saved and how it changed their life. And, um, you know, even uh, Baseball Chapel got involved at ASU, and we had some really great major league guys being in Arizona and Phoenix with a bunch of major league baseball players that live there come, coming by Sunday morning sharing their testimony. Guys that won World Series that would talk about how devastating it was for non-believers that had lived their whole life to be World Series champions. They won a World Series and how empty they were and how it didn't fill that void that God put in our hearts that only he can fill. And so all those experiences along the way helped solidify uh, my faith and uh, really gave me great mentors and leaders to look up to through those early learning years, whether it be high school or college. Um, and then, then I'll even say going into Major League Baseball where you're playing 140 games, you're on the road, the baseball chaplains that would go in on Sundays and, and have church was awesome. Baseball is a huge fertile ground to share your faith. A lot of these kids have invested their entire life to get to this pinnacle, and they maybe realize they're not going to get there and play in the major leagues, or maybe they're having success and they realize how empty it is and as awesome as the experience it is, it doesn't fill that gap that only Christ can fill um, to really share to them. And I had people that would mock me or whatever. They would come <laughs> in the outfield, you know, three weeks later, and they're struggling with their spouse or whatever. Hey, man, uh, can you tell me about, you know, your faith? And nobody was around it. It was like a Nicodemus moment, not that I even am close to that environment, but <laughs> you're sitting there and you're like, are you really taught? You were just ripping me in front of, you know, a bunch of kids. And so it just, it's an encouraging thing that I can share with my kids about some of their experiences in high school. And they have some great teammates and, and coaches around them, but we all experience that when we stand up for our faith and we decide we put a flag in the ground that I'm a Christian this is what I stand for. You're on the spotlight now, especially in today's world. People mm -hmm. are going to evaluate your life, and we are certainly not perfect. We've all sinned and fallen short, but um, what a great testimony in how we leave, live, especially today, you know, where people say a lot of things, but very right. few people live it. So, Well, that's great. Well, folks, if you're just joining us here today on Harvard Athlete, we're visiting with Kevin Tomasini, who uh, is involved with FCA at in Eagle, in the Eagle area, Eagle Middle and Eagle High School, and he and his wife, Rena. Mm -hmm. And um, Kevin, you, um, as you were talking about how people invested in you, people stood in the gap for you, your parents and some coaches, and, and, and then uh, you had some folks in college that, that really invested in you as well and, and, and other athletes and other students there at Arizona State. 
you know, what I've seen in you, you, you and Rena have done the same thing. You've, you've taken that, you've taken the platform that you guys have had and you've humbly come in and just served. And, and uh, I know that you've also coached there in Eagle you coached some, some, some middle school football and helped out at the high school uh, with, with the baseball program at the high school. And um, I'm just, you know, I'm just wondering what, what have, you know, and you've got, you've got four, four kids uh, from a freshman in college at U of I all the way down to, to uh, Eagle middle and a couple in high school. What, what have you been praying about lately? What's, what's, what's the Lord been having you on your heart praying for, for your kids, but then kids in general, because I know you guys love, you love kids and you love, you love your community and, and want to pour back into them. What, what have you been praying about lately? You know, I, I think God's put on my heart to pray for our country. We, we live in such an amazing country. We have freedom to share our faith and debate ideas and to disagree. And that, that's what I love about um, just all my relationships I've had with teammates over the years. And um, I, I've, I've felt like God's led me to pray um, for our leaders and um, really for our country that we repent and turn to him. We, we have a Judeo-Christian country that was based on biblical principles with some brilliant people that, that started this, this great country. And I feel like we need to educate our kids on our background, where we came from and what we are and what our, uh, what our Judeo-Christian foundation was. Um, so, so I, I really felt led to do that. Um, you know, as parents, our, our biggest testimony starts in our house. And, and me and my wife talk about that. My, my wife chose to stay at home with our kids and raise them, you know, and that's hard uh, for those moms that are out there. This, you have one of the hardest jobs in our country, period. And you have one of the most important jobs in our country because your job is to raise up, you know, fearless Christian leaders along with, with husbands. And, um, regardless of success we have, whether it be business, athletic, whatever, it's super critical that we do that. And so I, I felt led to do that. I, um, you know, sports is a huge part of uh, society, and it's, it's a really awesome place where people do get highlighted, and it gives you a platform to share your faith and your testimony. And it's also an environment that is crazy diverse with people of all different economic, um, racial backgrounds, and it's, it's a source of unity. It's always been. And I've been in locker rooms where I've had guys from all over the country with crazy different backgrounds, great parents, maybe parents that weren't involved, great coaches, great areas, not great areas. And to be able to debate and have discussions with those people, live your lives next to them and have roommates that are totally different than you, which I've gotten to experience all because of sports has been awesome. And I hope we can continue to live like that, where we have freedom to discuss ideas and to share our faith and live it and not feel like we're under the gun that we have to comply to a certain theology um, or, or um, political stance. Um, you know, sports has always been apolitical in general. I know it's getting more political, and I, I hope that it st stays away from that space. But what an awesome place where people can see you live your life because there, there's no – you're behind the curtain when you're in the locker room. You see people on their phone, how they interact, pictures they have, how they live their life, how they live their life away from the field because you live with these folks. And it's just a really fertile ground and a really phenomenal platform to, to, to try to live your life as a legit believer. Right. Well, you know, it's interesting as you're, as you're talking about how sports in the past has been apolitical, you know, in other words, it hasn't, you know, you haven't seen teams support candidates, you know, or, or, 
or leagues and that kind of thing. And it seems like you said, like you said, it's ha- it's it's becoming more and more political. And I just saw a report the other day that the Seattle Storm, the the WNBA team up in Seattle, is supporting one of one of the candidates. You know, they're hey, come out and vote for us. Uh, you know, vote for who we're voting for. You know, and which that's a shift, and it's really interesting. Um, these are interesting days, interesting times. Yeah. Well, Kevin, what what's what's been um, your maybe something out of the word or, or that you felt like God has been having, you know, here we are, we're still battling um, different aspects of the, of this virus, the COVID virus. And um, what's been your message and your encouragement to your kids and, and your kids' friends and uh, maybe something out of the word or something you and Rena have been really, you know, help, communicate. This might be really helpful to other parents that are listening here today. That's something that they can use to encourage their kids or grandkids. Yeah. You know, we're in a society that is very fear-based today, unfortunately. And, you know, athletes can relate to fear, right? I mean, we, there's a fear of failure, a fear of getting injured. And, and when you're, when you're playing great, you, you're not thinking about any of those things. All you're thinking about is you get in that zone and you know where you're going, you believe it, you feel it. And any athlete that's played at a high level knows what it's like when you're just, you just feel the game, everything around you, you're, you're, you're just adapting. And, and that's that sweet spot that we all want to get in. Um, you know, in today's environment, everybody's so fearful of getting sick, fearful of the unknown, fearful of their job. And rightfully, there, there's some legitimate things out there that are, that are fearful. At the end of the day, what God's been showing me is that he's sovereign and uh, my, my wife and I have been doing morning Bible studies and we, we're going uh, chapter in the New Testament, chapter in the Old Testament. And it's like, I'm thinking back the last three months and everything's been about God's sovereignty. It seems like I just see it more than I've ever seen it. And going back to the fear aspect of, of athletes, in general, athletes tend to be control freaks and we want to control everything around us and control all the variables, how we sleep, what we eat, what we do. Coaches want to control. And, you know, God's just been showing me that he, I, I got it. I'm deciding where we go. And fortunately, he chooses us to be a part of that ride. And, uh, you know, I think of the Apostle Paul's conversion. Like, he didn't choose to get hit by the light on the road to Damascus. God, God decided he was showing up. And he just, you know, Paul, Paul chose to be a part of it, which was awesome. And, um, you know, in our world today where there's so much fear and uncertainty, with my kids, you know, experiencing the highs and lows of high school sports and playing and not playing and, Am I going to be the guy or not the guy or the gal or not the gal? It's, it's just reinforcing that message that, hey, God's got it. you got to be faithful. He, God does all things for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. There's a really important part of that verse where, you know, everyone talks about, oh, it's all things happen for my good. You know, I, everything happens for a reason. Like, no, not really. Well, it does. But, man, if you want God to be causing things to work for your good, you, you need to be called according to his purpose. You need to be living in his will. And so for us, it's so important as athletes and as regular people and as parents that we're living in his will, that we're in his word every day. And yes, he's going to have things happen to us that maybe we don't always think are great at the time, but he's got a plan. He knows every hair counted on our head, whether it's COVID that takes us or something else. Someday our party's going to end here on the earth. Yeah. And it's so important that we utilize the time we have here to fill his kingdom hmm. and do his work. And whether, whether you're a high school kid or a junior high kid or a coach or a grandparent, you know, and time flies, look at us. I mean, it feels like yesterday we were athletes in college and gosh dang, we're getting old. What, what, <laughs> but, 
But that's, that's the bottom line. So I, I've been preaching that to my kids. And sport is, once again, one of those great things where maybe you should be playing and you're not, or, or maybe you're playing and you shouldn't. It, sometimes things don't make sense. Uh, you, man, I, I wish I would have got recruited by these guys, but God opened this door. Hey, God's got a plan. He knows where you're going. He's got a plan for you that's bigger and brighter than anything you could plan. Um, so you got to trust him. And it's easy to say that. It's hard to live it. But it's so important that we don't forget it. We've got example after example. Uh, you read about King Saul. God chose him. God chose King David, you know. <laughs> so, man, you got to trust the plan. It's hard sometimes, especially when you're a kid. It's hard. It's hard as an adult, you know. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, but, that's, that's wonderful advice. And as you're sitting there talking, it reminds me of Apostle Paul when he was reminding, reminding us in Philippians – the letter to the Philippians about, about praying about everything and that God's peace would guard our hearts. We come and guard our hearts and our minds and, 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 and to not be fearful and to, and to, and to be faithful and to continue to continue showing up and, and, and believing what God is, you know, the calling that he has on our lives. And so, man, that's awesome. Great, great advice, great encouragement. Great encouragement to all of us here this morning and, and today, Kevin. So, well, Kevin, thank you so much for being on the on the show today on Harv Athlete. And man, we need to do this again. I've I've got some more things I want to more questions yeah. I want to talk. I want to write down here and or ask you that I've got written down. And um, but thanks again for for being on the show. And thanks thanks to you and Rena for just um, pouring into the the community, the the kids there at Eagle Middle School and Eagle High School. Thanks for having me, Ken. It's been a blessing. Appreciate it. Well, folks, if you uh, want to get more involved with FCA, you can go to our website and get in touch with us at fcaidaho.org. And if you'd like to get involved at a school, help out with a, with a huddle. Uh, if you've got kids or grandkids that would like to be leaders at, at a school and, 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 and they would want to do, you want to encourage them to do what Kevin's talking about and using that, you know, wherever they're at to, as a platform for Christ. Um, just you can reach out to us at fcaidaho.org at our website. So, Kevin, thanks again for being on the show today on Harvard Athlete. Thanks for having me. Yes, have a great day, Ken. Thanks for listening today. If you are interested in getting involved with FCA or would like to donate to the FCA ministry, you can contact us through the FCA Idaho website at fcaidaho.org. Join us next week for The Heart of the Athlete, a production of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes in Idaho and KBXL, The Voice. Yeah.